Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessing, saints. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me. I tell you what, today we're going to look at what we've examined so far in Matthew 24 and what we've looked at in Mark 13. But let's go to the Luke passage and see uh, Luke's account. And uh, you'll find that there's some different things that are put in here, some different uh, details. So Luke chapter 21, verse 1 says this, And he, that's Jesus, looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury. And he saw a poor widow put in two small copper coins. And he said, Truly I say to you, this poor widow put in more than all of them. For they all, out of their surplus, put in the offering. But she, out of her poverty put in all that she had to live on. And so uh, we don't see this account in Matthew and Mark. More than likely, this is right after Jesus came out of the temple because the very next verse says this, And while some were talking about the temple, that it was adorned with beautiful stones and votive gifts, we've seen that already in Matthew and Mark, he said this, As for these things which you are looking at, the days will come in which there will not be left one stone upon another which will not be torn down. They questioned him, saying, Teacher, when therefore will these things happen? And what will be the sign when these things are about to take place? Verse 8, And Jesus said, See to it that you are not misled. For many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time is near. Do not go after them. Luke's the only one that mentions that little, the time is near type of thing. You hear that a lot today. Verse 9, when you hear of wars and disturbances, do not be terrified, for these things must take place first. But the end does not follow immediately. Then he continued by saying to them, Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be great earthquakes, and in various places plagues, famines, and there will be terrors and great signs from heaven. That it's really interesting. We know that there's terrors. I think the terror that we now live under is nothing compared to that which is yet to come. But this great signs from heaven, that's really interesting. We'll just have to see what the balance of the scripture says as we go along. We know that the evil one through false prophets and false teachers are going to bring forth great signs according to Matthew so that even the elect might be deceived. But could it be that the Lord himself also will be bringing great signs from heaven? I think so. So here's verse 12 of Luke 21. But before all these things, before everything he was just saying right there, they will lay their hands on you and will persecute you, delivering you to the synagogues and prisons, bringing you before kings and governors for my name's sake. Luke helps to clarify what we saw in Matthew at first and then what we saw in Mark. He's saying this, here's what's going to happen. He's answering their question. But then he looks at them and he says, oh, by the way, before all this really happens in this way, they're going to persecute you. And I think that he's speaking directly to those disciples that were with him at that time because they're going to be persecuted and delivered to the synagogues and the prison. Verse 13, one of the most profound verses and all these things we're looking at. Jesus says this, it will lead to an opportunity for your testimony. The persecution, the being beaten, the being in prison, the, uh, everything that's going to happen to them will lead to an opportunity for your testimony. The next verse, verse 14. So make up your minds 
not to prepare beforehand to defend yourself. That's really important. So often we get in a situation where we're full of fear and things are coming against us. We're wondering, we try to plan a way to extricate ourselves from this or that. No, Jesus is saying this. Make up your mind beforehand not to defend yourself. In other words, not to defend yourself personally, not to defend yourself with the word, but to do this. Verse 15, for I will give you utterance and wisdom, which none of your opponents will be able to resist or refute. So he's saying this, uh, to make up your mind not to defend yourself. And it's not talking from the point of view of battle or war or something like that. It's from the point of view of defending yourself when somebody is attacking you. He says, don't do that. I will give you utterance. I will give you wisdom that your opponents won't be able to resist. They will not be able to refute what I give you. Verse 16. But you will be betrayed even by your parents and brothers and relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death, and you will be hated by all because of my name. Listen to this next verse. Yet not a hair of your head will perish. Now, people read that and say, well, didn't Jesus just say the opposite right here? He said that some of you are going to die. Then he says, not a hair of your head will perish. Oh, there's a big difference between dying and perishing. When he says die, that's just talking about the bodies we live in right now. The perishing refers to the fact that you're not going to be cast into a lake of fire for all eternity where you're going to be constantly dying and yet never dying. Yet not a hair of your head will perish by your endurance you will gain your life. And we've seen that mentioned in a couple of different ways, that you press on to the end. Verse 20, and this is where it's sort of interesting. In Mark and Matthew, it talked about what uh, uh, we saw in Daniel, right? The man of lawlessness and that kind of thing. Here in verse 20, Jesus says, But when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then recognize that her desolation is near." Then those who are in Judea must flee to the mountains, and those who are in the midst of the city must flee, and those who are in the country must not enter the city, because these are days of vengeance, so that all things which are written will be fulfilled. You wonder why these things have to happen this way, why Jesus says this has to happen? is to fulfill that which the Lord has already prophesied and said would come about. Jesus says this next, Woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days, for there will be great distress upon the land and wrath to this people, and they will fall by the edge of the sword and will be led captive into all nations, and Jerusalem will be trampled underfoot by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles are fulfilled. We don't have time right now to get into details of this, but this passage is interesting and is debated in some ways. Some people say, that uh, this was fulfilled in 70 A.D. when uh, the temple was destroyed and Jerusalem was completely uh, sacked by the year 100-110, something like that. Uh, I think that may be a partial fulfillment of it. It's definitely a fulfillment from the point of view of how they were scattered all over the place in the times of the Gentiles. But Jerusalem's also going to undergo the same type of thing again, and the Jews will again uh, be scattered, though for a shortened period of time. Then Jesus said this, verse 25, just a couple more verses will be done. There will be signs in sun and moon and stars and on the earth dismay among the nations in perplexity at the roaring of the sea 
and the waves. There's things that are going to be happening within the natural. Man's going to be perplexed by it. They're going to be dismayed by it. They're going to be so upset by it. And Revelation shows us how some of this stuff's going to happen. Men fainting from fear and the expectation of the things which are coming upon the earth for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. So you, you can sort of see how this lines up, what we've seen in Matthew and Mark, that the world's going to see some of this stuff. They're going to see these signs and these wonders and these things happening. And literally the ocean waves roaring and things that are happening, they're going to be fainting from fear with the expectation. And we'll see maybe the next episode what Revelation has to say about that. Then the last verse. Then, well, last two verses. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. But... When these things begin to take place, straighten up and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. I love that. You know, we sing songs about that verse right there, but they're really misapplied. Okay. They're not exactly right time wise. He says, straighten up. That sort of gives us the idea that we're going to be hunkering down and we're going to be laying low. But when we see the sun, moon, and stars go dark, when we see this stuff happen, and all of a sudden all this brilliance comes from the eastern sky, the Lord says, lift up your head. Your redemption is drawing nigh. Again, the Lord gives us so much detail if we would just take the time to read and take the time to believe. Again, I'm Dale, and I'll see you again next time. Goodbye.